Now it's time for your hosts, the wonder twins of customer experience, Adam Toporek and Jeannie Walters. Jeannie, I learned something recently, and I think it's pretty important. Wow. What's that? Do you have something really, like, revolutionary for us? Well, you know, it all began during World War II with Alan Turing, and then, you know, we (laughs) followed a lineage that led all the way to us, but you know what? Apparently, we're not the only one cracking codes anymore. What? Nope. All our (laughs) guest today is cracking the leadership code, Jeannie. Love it. Love it. Yes, we were very, um, we were weirdly excited about the title of this book that are. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I wonder. I know. So strange. (laughs) Yes, our guest today has a book called Cracking the Leadership Code, which, you know, there's something about it. I just like the ring of it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just got that certain something, Jenny. Well, yeah. anyways, it was a great conversation. We touched on a lot of really interesting things about, uh, you know, one of our favorite topics, uh, empathy, and well, two of our favorite topics, empathy and customer emotion and emotional intelligence. And uh, Alain had some really great insights that he shared. Yeah, I, I think this is really important for any leader. Um, there are some great insights here. So, I think I should tell everybody about our guest. What do you think? Uh, I think you've cracked that code, Jeannie. (laughs) Alain Hunkins is a sought-after leadership speaker, consultant, trainer, and coach. His recent book, Cracking the Leadership Code, Three Secrets to Building Strong Leaders, spent one month as the number one number one best-selling new release in business communication on Amazon. Over his 20-year career, Alain has led over 2,000 groups in 25 countries. Clients include Walmart, Pfizer, Citigroup, General Electric, State Farm Insurance, IBM, General Motors, and Microsoft. Alain has designed and facilitated seminars on numerous leadership topics, including team building, conflict management, communication, peak performance, innovation, engagement, and change. Welcome to Crack the Customer Code. We're so happy you're here with us today, Alain. Thanks. It's so exciting to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, great to have you. And I know you talk about emotional intelligence, and we're going to not ask Jeannie her opinion on whether I have any or not. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to ask you, why has emotional intelligence emerged as such a central ingredient to competitive advantage, uh, and particularly for aspiring leaders? Wow. It's a great question. I mean, the fact is, just not just as customers or as employees, but just as people, our expectations about life have totally increased. You know, we expect so much. You know, everyone knows what one click means now because we've all experienced it from Amazon. And the idea is that with our expectations increasing is that everything that can be automated and digitized has been or is in the process of being that way. So what is left is the human experience. So understanding how we create a connection, whether that's with employees or with customers, what are we doing to heighten the experience they have? Because so much of what people are ready to pay for and the value we create is subjective. So understanding how people think, how they act, and what they want, and that is all foundational to having emotional intelligence. I love that because I think we are obsessed with automation right now, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I know I am even in the business. I'm like, how can I automate this? How can I automate this? Uh, and I think right now we're having this really interesting discussion around empathy in general. And one of the things that you talk about is that there are business benefits of showing empathy towards employees. 
and there's an impact to the customer experience through that. So can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So a lot of people, they hear empathy and they think, okay, here comes the touchy-feely stuff. I know it's important, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, there's some real hard business cases, benefits to leading with empathy. Number one, empathy is the basis of trust. And I probably should define empathy here for a second, which is it's showing people that you understand them and care how they feel. Really simple, really basic. We all go, got it, makes sense. Now, easier said than done. So the mm -hmm. first big benefit is it is the foundation of trust. And you know, you don't get very far with any kind of working relationship, whether it's with employee or customer, unless you have a foundation of trust moving forward. So that's the first benefit. The second one is the fact is when people trust you, you start to get great insights from them because they share information, because they feel safe to, they want to speak up, they want to contribute, be part of the team. And then that leads to the third benefit, which is innovation, is looking at things in new ways, coming up with new solutions and ideas to solve problems. So huge benefits to building empathy as part of what you do. Now, unfortunately, as we said, easier said than done, showing people that you care about them isn't something that you can automate. You can't just, <laughs> right, you can't just check it off your to-do list is that, you know, information might move at the speed of light, but taking time is what it takes to build relationships sometimes. So as leaders, we have to have the wisdom as to when to move fast and when to move slow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's important. You know, I like that you mentioned that uh, the touchy feely stuff. You know, because we talk to business leaders and executives, like the touchy feely stuff. That's why customers stay. That's mm -hmm. why employees stay. Is the touchy feely stuff. It's not because your app is better. It's not because you know your your uh, digitization digital transformation has happened faster, right? So one of the questions I would have for you is when you approach, uh, you know, sort of think of the business benefits of empathy towards employees, uh, do you see that manifest itself besides in the three ways you said in them having more empathy towards customers? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact is you can't really give something that you don't have, right? So if we see employees and we know that they're not feeling cared for, it's very hard to then turn around and fake it for your customers. I mean, we probably have all had that experience. I remember working at a, I was working a, res, uh, a conference at a, at a resort in, as one of the Disney properties um, in Orlando. And the, I had a call down to the front desk and they were given a call script that, you know, basically when they answer the phone, they have to say something like, like, welcome, have a magical day here at the Magic Kingdom or something like that. But what I remember was she picked up the phone and it was, hello, have a magical day of the kingdom, having a happy, you know, like, so it's just one of those things, like, clearly, this was a script, this was someone who didn't get it, like, that's the point, right? I mean, again, we can give people all the scripts, but they have to inhabit those scripts with care and concern. So if we don't give it to our employees, it's very difficult for them to turn around and give it to somebody else. I like to say that, you know, emotions are contagious and the emotions of le leaders are the most contagious. And we have to realize what are we spreading and what are the, um, our employees catching and then what are they spreading to our customers? So I love that example. And, and one of the things that I would love to know is like, how can, because we want leaders who have empathy, who understand empathy and can actually teach people, right? Like how to have more empathy for one another. So how can leaders identify the people on their teams who are skilled at this? Like what should they look for 
in people that they want to bring up through the ranks who have that empathy skill, who can develop it more and develop other people to have it more. Right. Well, a really easy litmus test to tell if someone has some empathy is notice how do you feel around them personally? I'm sure you've all both had the experience that there are some people that you're around and they make you feel smart and valued. And then there are other people you feel like you have to walk on eggshells around them. Well, who Mm -hmm. are the people that seem to attract others by who they are and how they interact? That is a really good warning sign that that person probably has, whether it's been learned somewhere along the way, they've got some really good empathic skill that should be developed. Now, probably some of what they're doing is that they're pretty good listeners, that they're able to park their own agenda. They also listen before they speak, right? The old Stephen Covey, seek first to understand, then to be understood principle. So these are some of the telltale things that you'll see. They're also uh, very good at affirming people and treating people as people as opposed to tasks on the to-do list. I see as one of the biggest challenges, again, around empathy has to do with many of us have been trained to look at the tasks first and not the relationships first. And the fatal flaw in that thinking is that, yeah, you can focus on numbers all day, but realize numbers are just a lagging indicator of behavior that has been created by people. So if you flip that around and focus on the people first instead of the numbers, you start to see the equation shift. Hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's one of the. I can't. I won't say how long ago it was, but I came up in a very traditional MBA kind of uh, framework and mindset as a third generation entrepreneur. And you know, these types of things, understanding them, was a big shift in thinking and opened up a lot. It's what got me into customer experience was just you know realizing that the. Uh, uh, every you know every transaction right and every whether that be with an employee or a customer uh, cannot be looked at as a you know transactional profit right I mean you've got to really look at what people are doing how they're feeling and to that end you know you were mentioning so it struck me that uh, person on the phone at Disney that you know I don't know e- Eeyore was their spirit animal right they they were doing the <laughs> script and right uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you for calling sleepy yeah. time yeah. Uh, so and that brings us to something I know you also talk about though which is communicating and you know there's so many challenges to communicating so what are some of those you know, major obstacles and how do we overcome them. Yeah. So great question. The first big issue with communication is that we don't communicate for communication's sake. And that's not the point. And a lot of people think it is. The point of great communication is to create shared understanding. And why that's so important is because creating shared understanding, that is the platform on which we are going to take all future action. So if the platform is sturdy, we understand each other, we can make great decisions, which will lead to great results. If the platform is shaky, we're going to make some poor decisions. We're going to get some poor results. To that end, then, one of the biggest problems with creating understanding is that there's a big gap between three things that need to be aligned. There's that what you say is number one. There's what you mean. That's number two. And then there's what I hear is number three. And so often what you say is not what you is what I hear or what you mean. And so unless those three things are in alignment, there's a pretty good chance we're going to end up with miss or missed understanding. And when we do that, we are likely to not be able to create great, great decisions and great, great results. So that's the first big challenge. The next one 
is the fact is what is crystal clear for you, because you live in your own head 24-7, 365, is not clear to everyone else. So when we are communicating, we need to make sure that we don't just communicate the what, we need to communicate the how and the why and giving that frame, giving that context so people understand the implications of how this piece fits into the larger whole. And unfortunately, especially in the business world, we have so many people who are really good at analysis but not necessarily so good at synthesis and giving people that bigger picture perspective, that is a leadership skill, which is in painfully short supply. And then the third big challenge to communicating well is just we're all overloaded. I mean, think of all the different ways we can communicate between email, voicemail, text, WhatsApp, Slack, you know, just go on and on social media. I mean, it's just, we are drowning in information. It's funny in the 1970s, the average business leader dealt with about a thousand communications a year and just, as recently as a few years ago, it was over 30,000 a year. I mean, so just think about how we're being bombarded with information. So those are some of the big challenges that we all face. Wow. I think that's a lot to think about. And it's really important for uh, leaders to look at things through all these different lenses. And one of the things you talk about are peak moments. And we've talked about those on this show before. So I'm curious, can you tell us, like, how do you define those? And how can acknowledging them make a company a better place to work and improve the customer experience? Sure, yeah. So the idea is not all moments or minutes are created equal. Is that those peak moments are those times that there's this window of opportunity that opens up. And if we can reach in and kind of grab that, and that's this, this that emotional subjective moment where people go, wow. And I'll just give you an example that, that from a different point of view. So when I was going through college and grad school, I waited tables in a number of restaurants. And anyone that's waited tables, I think everyone should have to wait tables at some point in the life in their life. It's it's great training for dealing with people. Um, that said, Amen. Right? Amen. <laughs> so here's the thing. So you know this then. So here's the deal. When a customer sits down at the table, if you don't greet them within the first 90 seconds, they start to get kind of antsy, right? However, if they finish the meal and you rush in to clear their plates, like in the first 30 seconds, that's kind of weird. In fact, they don't mind sitting and lingering. So those 90 seconds are not created equal. And so understanding in the in the employee journey and the customer journey for that matter, but let's just talk about employees for a moment. Um, you know, think about how excited they are for that first day on the job and what are we doing? That's a peak moment. So everything that day sets the tone for what will they think about you and your organization in the weeks and months ahead. So if we get that peak moment right, if they somehow come away going, oh my gosh, this was the best decision I ever made because they felt welcomed and, and, and thought of, and they were situated and they got sense that they're part of a team and we didn't overwhelm them with too much. And at the same time, they know what they're going to be doing. And, you know, that, that's a way to create a peak moment as opposed to, okay, it's your first day and you have to sit down in the security office for two hours to get a badge. And then they find... Uh, the person that hired you is actually away on a business trip. I mean, these are all true stories. These are things that have happened to clients of mine. So it's just then suddenly you're thinking, oh my gosh, this was the worst decision I ever made. So recognizing, you know, there are so many things we can do if we step back and look at the experience as an employee. Think of it as a story. So this is a story. And once upon a time, what would you want to have happen? And then to start to fill in those moments. And those moments will create a momentum that can carry you through other places because you've put deposits in that emotional bank account with them. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I love that idea. Uh, I think Steve Jobs talked about that, the idea of brand deposits. It, it's so true that you can really create moments that really build up the account, so to speak, right? Yeah. Get you some goodwill, get you a connection, get you that um, emotional, relational uh, dynamic to the experience. It's not just the transaction, which is what we've been talking about. So love all this stuff. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, please let our audience know how they can find you, all that kind of good stuff. Sure. Well, the easiest place to find me is I have this book called Cracking the Leadership Code. It's a great title. Very close to Where did that title come from? Where did that we title come from? I know. He was robbed. Um, so if you, go, awesome. if you go to www.crackingtheleadershipcode.com, you can learn all about the book. You can actually download the first chapter while you're there. And that will take you right to the alanhunkins.com website. You can learn all about the work that I do as a speaker, trainer, coach, and consultant with individuals, teams, and organizations on all under the umbrella of how to become a better leader. You can also connect with me there on LinkedIn, which is my social media preference. I love it. Right, well, thank you so much, LM. Thank you both. It's been a pleasure. Excellent. Thank you so much. We loved having you here. Well, one of the things that I thought was really um, insightful about this conversation was that whole idea of kind of unpacking communication and empathy and how sometimes we think we are expressing ourselves and communicating in a certain way, but there are so many layers to it, right? Like what we say and what we mean, those can be two different things. And I think it's just a great reminder for any leader to not only show empathy, but look for how to encourage others by leading with that example of empathy. Yeah, so and, I, and, right. And understanding, you know, something we teach at, at, at not only the executive level, but at the frontline level, understanding that the words that are said uh, don't, uh, you know, what you think the words mean that you said or that you wrote uh, may not be how they were received. Yeah. Right. And there's just understanding, really trying to understand, you know, and that's what empathy is all about, that the mindset, the feelings of the other person and how uh, that communication might possibly be received differently than you intended by them. Right. Right. And it's like that line from Princess Bride, like, I do not think that means what you think it means. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes we have to peel the layers of the onion a little bit. But yeah, so I, I thought this was great. And I hope that everybody moves forward with a little more empathy because you know what, in today's world, we could all use it. Yes, we could. Yes. And of course, you know what else we love is our listeners. So thank you for being here with us on Crack the Customer Code. As you know, Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. So be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our journey mapping programs, our customer experience training and speaking, both in real life and virtual, at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Pork, and you can learn more about our keynote speaking, virtual, our customer service training, virtual, and <laughs> our entire existence, virtual, at <laughs> customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.